We're on the record. I'm senior producer Melissa Gear, sitting in for Sheila Cast. Good morning. About one in 10 households in Maryland are food insecure and rely on some type of food assistance, according to Feeding America, a nationwide network of food banks. Food insecurity can happen for a host of reasons, like living in poverty or from long-term unemployment. For more than 45 years, the Maryland Food Bank has provided healthy food to millions across the state and supplied food to nonprofits working to end hunger. This year, the Maryland Food Bank is expanding its approach to eradicate food insecurity and poverty with the Neighborhood Impact Grant. Joining us via Zoom to tell us about it is Meg Kimmel, Chief Operating Officer. Welcome back to On the Record, Meg. Thank you, Melissa. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having us. First, can you unpack food insecurity? What does that mean and how is it determined? Right. It's a great question. So food insecurity is the inability to, at all times, have access to enough nutritious food to essentially thrive. So um, so we're looking at access, whether folks have access to food or not, the quality of the food that they have access to, and the fact that it's regularly reliable. And your this new initiative is the Neighborhood Impact Grant. What is that? Neighbor impact grants are a really interesting new grant making tool that we have added to our existing pro our grant making programs in which we are investing in organizations in the community, whether we already work with them or we're just getting to know them, who are doing work today to address the reasons that people are food insecure in the first place. And so by investing in these organizations and the work they're already doing, it allows us to extend our impact and support the talent and brilliance of organizations in communities across the state. How much is each organization awarded? Each organization will receive $175,000, and that is spread out over the course of two years, uh, $100,000 in that first year, and then uh, $75,000 comes along in the second year after a nice sort of collaboration moment between us and the organization to ensure that everything is still on track. And why did the Maryland Food Bank choose to grant funds in this way? So that's a great question. Uh, It comes very, uh, very much out of our belief as an organization that food alone is not going to end hunger. And while we will always be a food bank and we will always distribute food and we care very deeply about that work, we know that ending the reasons, addressing the reasons that people are food insecure in the first place, thus ending hunger, is a separate and distinct body of work. And so while we are providing grant funds to our organizations to help them do better at food distribution, we also want to invest in solutions to food insecurity. And so what does that look like? It looks like addressing the drivers, what we call the drivers of hardship. And so that could be transportation. It could be the cost of childcare. It could be the fact that I can't get fresh fruits and vegetables in my neighborhood. There just isn't actually access to that. So by addressing the reasons that people are food insecure in the first place, It allows us to work at the systems level and change those systems in our state that are the cause of poverty and by virtue of that food insecurity. The Maryland Food Bank, um, you you do currently some like food service training programs and things like that. How how is it different that you're reaching out to different community organizations or is is there something in that that you're trying to get at? Yes, it's a broadening of the portfolio of solutions that we think work. 
So you're 100% right. We do a culinary training program. We have another workforce uh, pilot that we're running. We do SNAP application and benefits assistance. So we do a lot of things inside the four walls of our organization that we know truly address the reasons that people are food insecure in the first place, which is just to say that out loud is generally a lack of financial resources. People have trouble making ends meet. Their wages are insufficient. We're a very high cost uh, state here in Maryland. Um, and so nine times out of 10, the root cause that we're going after is, is helping people put more financial resources into their pockets. So while we're doing that work, we can't be all things to all people. And there are organizations all across our state who are doing incredible work that also fits into this category of addressing the reasons that people are food insecure in the first place. And we want to continue to leverage, do our best to leverage our resources to lift up those programs while we're running our own. And what were you looking for from the applicants? People had to apply. Organizations had to apply to this, correct? Yes. What, yes. Were, you, what were you looking for? Yes. And it was a really wonderful, I'm smiling, because it was a really uh, inspiring uh, experience to uh, to go through. It was our first time, so we really didn't know what we were, what to expect. And uh, we set out some broad parameters. We were looking for organizations that were committed to learning, uh, that had genuinely innovative approaches, um, and that their ideas and program solutions were truly designed not to provide more food and other services, but really to stay in this work of systems change. And so we were really happy when we had some applicants come through that really fit that bill. This is On the Record. I'm Melissa Gear speaking with Meg Kimmel, Chief Operating Officer of the Maryland Food Bank. We're talking about their new Neighborhood Impact Grant. It awards an organization $175,000 over two years to use on a project that combats food insecurity. Meg, in a few minutes, we're going to hear from the Black Yield Institute and City of Refuge Baltimore to learn about their plans, uh, how they're going to use the funding. Who else is on your list of grantees and what kinds of programming are they doing? We also funded the Black Church Food Security Network. That work is led by Rev. Dr. Reverend Heber Brown III, um, and that organization is committed to using space, land, uh, community gardens at black churches in Baltimore City, and also building a grassroots supply chain to help in, to invest, not to help, but to invest in farmers of color um, and get culturally familiar and appropriate foods onto the tables of, uh, of our neighbors here in Maryland. Um, one of them is the Johns Hopkins Children's Center, their community connection program, and they have community health workers who go out and provide those wraparound services, transportation, in addition to food, um, coordination, case management, to help people stay connected to medical services um, for families and children. So that's really important work. They've been doing that for a while, and uh, we're excited to support them. Another grantee is the United Way of Central Maryland. Uh, they are working diligently in the space of advocating for more funding for childcare. So again, think about drivers of hardship. We know that childcare expenses are often the highest, sometimes even more than rent in a, in a family's budget. So United Way has been really focusing on that for quite some time. We're excited to be able to support their work. They're advocating for um, for better wages and working conditions for childcare providers, which is a, a really important component of that as it's a hard, ha the industry's having a hard time recruiting and retaining employees. 
And then the last one is Westminster Rescue Mission, and they are forming a coalition in Carroll County, which is where they're located, to really bring together social human services, social service providers, uh, food providers, and and really think about what does that county need to end hunger. So it's a two-year effort to bring everyone to the table, really craft a solution, and then they'll go out and they'll they'll work they'll implement that solution. So big thinking in these grantees. The Maryland Food Bank is also involved in advocating for policies. What are your priorities for the 2024 Maryland General Assembly? We are very committed, again, in the systems change space to making sure that kids have access to meals in school, um, that public benefits like SNAP are extended and expanded because we saw a huge contraction of that program coming out of the pandemic, um, that there is support for the food assistance safety net, which we are obviously a part of, and that there's more and more attention and learning and interest at our elected official level in creating a strong food system for our state, which includes things like produce processing and some of the some of the machinery and mechanics that we need to make sure that we can do that farm to table work here in Maryland. What misconceptions do you think people have about food insecurity? What I often hear from people is that they use the word they when they talk about food insecurity. So there's a sense of it's not impacting me, not impacting my next door neighbor, not impacting my kid's teacher. And that's just wrong. We have statistics and these are jaw-dropping statistics, current statistics that are showing that one in three people in our state may be facing food insecurity right now. It's a third of Maryland residents. So it's not a question of they, it's a question of us. We use the term neighbor when we talk about people living with food insecurity and it's literally it could be your neighbor it could be the person who's checking you out in the grocery store it could be the person who drove you to, your kids to school it's all around us thank you meg for talking through this i appreciate it my pleasure meg kimmel is chief operating officer of the maryland food bank we're talking about their neighborhood impact grant six organizations will receive one hundred seventy five thousand dollars over two years to fund an innovative project that combats food insecurity short break on the record when we're back we hear how two of those nonprofits will use their funds to lift people up and out of poverty i'm senior producer melissa gear stay with us Welcome back to On the Record. I'm senior producer Melissa Gear in for Sheila Cast. We're talking today about a new initiative from the Maryland Food Bank. It's their Neighborhood Impact Grant. Six nonprofits will receive $175,000 over two years to fund innovative programs that get at the root of food insecurity. We just heard from the Food Bank's Chief Operating Officer. Now we're joined by the leaders of two nonprofits receiving the funds. Eric Jackson is co-director and founder of the Black Yield Institute. Welcome back to On the Record, Eric. Hey, thank you for having me and having Black Yield Institute represented. 
And Billy Humphrey is the founder and executive director of City of Refuge Baltimore. Welcome, Billy. Welcome. Glad to be here. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to share uh, um, City Refuge story. Eric, first, tell us, what is the Black Yield Institute? Black Yield Institute is a Pan-African organization that is interested in power building. And the way that we do that is through food and land. Uh, We want to ensure that uh, people in uh, specifically black and brown and poor people have good food that uh, is available in the community and that people decide they want to actually have there and that the people actually benefit socially, politically and economically from it. And our mission is to organize to make that come true. And what are some of the things you do to to make that happen? So we work in two different spheres. Uh, One is food supply chain. We produce food and we actually purchase food from other local, hyper-local and uh, black and other people of color producers and have that food available at a marketplace. And we distribute food and also have it available in retail and provide opportunities for social programming and skill building around agriculture and organizing. Then on the other side, we also do movement support work where we do political education. We want people to understand what the inequities are in the food system and how to address them. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, our work. One side, getting food to people, and another side, uh, producing knowledge and uh, developing organizers who can help to tackle the issues. And is this a specific area of the city that you're working in? Yeah, so we're working currently in South and Southwest Baltimore, specifically in the neighborhoods of Cherry Hill and Mount Clare. And we hope to be working and be a neighbor at City of Refuge and actually in Curtis Bay. So that's those are our intentions. However, we're an organization that works across the city. How much food are you able to distribute? So um, we, in 2023, were able to share close to 9,000 pounds of food uh, in one location. Our intention is in 2024 to triple that because we'll be doing it in more uh, communities. And Billy, what is City of Refuge Baltimore? City Refuge, um, you know, exists to bring light, hope, and transformation to individual, individuals and families. And um we ultimately, our goal is to kind of be a one-stop shop for people in poverty and crisis. And, um, you know, we do that work through kind of what we call five impact areas, four of which are kind of major social determinants of health around systemic poverty, but health and wellness, workforce development, supportive housing, youth empowerment. And then one that's kind of a bit local to Brooklyn, but I would say Baltimore as a whole, and that is our work around anti-sex trafficking. And so you are based, you're South Baltimore, you're based in Brooklyn. Yes, we're we're located in the Brooklyn community. We serve, um, well, last year in 2023, we, we served close to 5,000 households. And I think 87% of them came from those kind of three prominent South Baltimore zip codes, 21225, 26, and 30. Billy, what will City of Refuge do with the neighborhood impact funds from the Maryland Food Bank? Yeah, so our project is that we're building out um, a a workforce development uh, innovation hub. And this grant is going to fund our instructions around our auto training center. And and so we're kind of started. It's a bit of a startup program. Um, Napa Auto Parts has jumped on board with us as a, um, you know, kind of we're working that as a potential corporate sponsorship. And 
and uh, for building out the capital, but it'll be part of a larger workforce development space. But this particular program will be uh, teaching ASC certification as well as um, refrigeration mechanics. And we hope to, um, you know, do 100% job placement. And the great thing about our program is that it will also be serving as a low income service center for general maintenance. So our neighbors in the community do, who do have auto and transportation can have a trustworthy um, place to bring their uh, vehicles for maintenance. Being in a food desert and and knowing the, how long it takes to get to a grocery store, um, you know, this uh, reliable transportation is is huge as it relates to the, the issue of food insecurity. And, you know, Brookings Institute says three things need to happen before you make it to the uh, make it out of poverty. And that's you got to graduate high school. You got to get a full time living wage job and you got to not have a baby before you do those first two things. So for us, this is an opportunity to put people on a um, career pathway that is a living wage that also has the ability to help so many other people by providing you know reliable auto vehicles as well as access to uh, food that otherwise they don't have being in a food desert. So the training center is going, you're, you're going to be training people from the community and people from the community can bring their cars there to be repaired. That's correct. Yeah, I think wow. our long-term hope is that people will even donate cars to us. We'll get them back on the road and uh, we'll be able to gift cars to, um, you know, families that don't have reliable transportation. How did you come up with the idea to to use the funds in this way? Great question. Uh, there's a city refuge in Atlanta that um, we are not, you know, we're a separate organization, but we do follow kind of like mission, vision, and values. And they have this exact uh, training center in Atlanta that we're modeling and um, just following that success. Um, so we found, you know, somebody that's really doing this work and how they're doing it. So we're using the same curriculum and following the same process, which is also bathed in a wonderful amount of soft skills. And, um, you know, fortunately for the last several years, they've had 100% job placement. So we're hoping we will follow that model. That's Billy Humphrey. He runs City of Refuge Baltimore on the record on WYPR. I'm Melissa Gear. Also with us is Eric Jackson, who leads Black Yield Institute. Both nonprofits, along with four others, were recently awarded a Neighborhood Impact Grant from the Maryland Food Bank. They'll receive $175,000 over two years to develop programs that combat hunger and poverty. Eric, how will the Black Yield Institute use the funds? So we will actually continue the work that we're doing in our food distribution and food retail work. We have what we call Black Yield Farm at Mount Clare, which is um, there for largely aggregation. And so we have a lot of infrastructure there to refrigerate food. We also intend to continue to build out our uh, production, our operation, where we'll grow herbs and we'll have some honeybees for honey and chickens for eggs and a few other things there, largely programming, uh, again, for political education and having people connect. And what we'll uh, do is hold food there, food that we are producing and food that we are procuring from other local sources, other farms in the area and uh, black producers. And we will uh, build that hub and get food to the three neighborhoods that we uh, mentioned early in the program. And um, our intention is to utilize these spaces 
at our farm and our marketplace to not only get food out, to continue the organizing and centralize folks by having other social programs that bring people together, some that are related to political education and some are just fun, spades, tournaments and things like that, so that we're building community because we're clear that if we're going to change our food environment, it has to happen through relationships and you have to build them. Eric, what misconceptions do you think people have about food insecurity? I think that it is something that's critical for us to understand that the issues are his, one historic in nature and that they they're not just about accessing food and specifically accessing food through a grocery store or what have you it is actually about generating the power that, that the regular everyday consumer has to make decisions about what food is available in their community and uh, how it gets to that community and so our approach then is to not just improve access to food it is about developing organizers and helping to make connections through networks that begin to change those dynamics. We understand that there are bigger factors um, within capitalism that cause for what we consider as a food apartheid to exist. And the insecurity is just something bigger and connected to so many other things. And um, so we can't just start and or stop at access to food. It has to be about going deeper and building people's uh, political understanding and skills to, to change it. Billy, what about you? What misconceptions do you think people have about food insecurity? And I agree with what Eric said there, but I, I think I, I would add is when we think about access, um, oftentimes we don't think about the challenges of transportation. Um, you know, our city um, has public transportation but to give you some perspective if you live in brooklyn it, it could take an hour to an hour and a half to get to a grocery store and you have to transfer at least once to get to that grocery store um on public transportation and there's just limitations with that and so oftentimes uh, people's best and fastest option is a convenience store where they're paying three times as much so it impacts the overall budget it's part of what leads to what you know i call systemic poverty it keeps people trapped in these cycles and for me, um, it's not just, it's not um, fair. And, you know, we should work to do something about that. Um, that being said, um, I'm incredibly proud of my neighbors and friends um, and their resiliency and their ability to survive in a food desert and to make way and overcome the barriers and the challenges that they face on a daily basis. And you know, food and access to food is something that um, is so critical to life and the quality of life and health. And so, um, you know, not just corner store food, but, you know, high quality nutritional food. Appreciate what Eric and the Black Yield Institute is doing around growing fresh vegetables and urban agriculture and really leading the way in that movement. Um, but as much fresh produce that we can get to our neighbors who otherwise don't have access is... Um, you know, critical to ending this food insecurity issue that we have in our in our city. Billy, what does it mean for you and for your organization to receive this grant from the Maryland Food Bank? You know, receiving this grant speaks, um, gives us a lot of confidence that, um, you know, our dream about making this project happen is viable. They saw and had confidence in us and 
and that empowers us to now have confidence to complete the task and, and make this project work. So uh, we're really excited um, that we can, you know, impact our neighborhood in this very innovative way. And Eric, what about you? What does a grant like this mean for the Black Yield Institute right now? It says to me that Maryland Food Bank and hopefully other institutions like it will um, continue to see that the work is bigger than just providing uh, access to food and uh, excited to see that Maryland Food Bank is doing this work and would like to see it do more and encourage other uh, philanthropy um, or philanthropic efforts to do the same. Thank you both and, and good luck with these programs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you as well. Billy Humphrey founded City of Refuge Baltimore. Eric Jackson is the founder of the Black Yield Institute. Both nonprofits were recently awarded a neighborhood impact grant from the Maryland Food Bank. They'll receive $175,000 over two years to develop programs that combat hunger and poverty. We have more information about both organizations at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. I'm senior producer Melissa Gear sitting in for Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow.